0: to another episode of the american truck driver podcast i'm your host chris polk coming at you live from the road got larry long on the other end he's at the house and we're going to bring you some more podcast gold here this evening rates are still a big topic a lot of people are mad upset uh they they don't like what they're seeing in the market and so we wanted to break some stuff down and uh and talk about that on this episode. So you can see on the American Truck Driver Facebook page, I posted um, a little story that I um, the other day, and I wanted to I wanted to make a point about the opportunity. And so I'm going to read that here, and then we can discuss it. And then we've got some stuff that we got off of Facebook, and uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. When I came to Landstar in April of 2014, I had the exact same opportunity that I do today. What I did not have then was the knowledge and experience. The only real difference between then and now is that the system has improved. We didn't have transflow scanning for our phones, we didn't have the Landstar One app to help us find the best fuel price, and we didn't have all the same tools we do now to set load search parameters. I'm sure there are a couple other improvements I'm not recalling. However, the opportunity is the same. Nothing has changed about that. For three years, I worked pretty hard. I have hindsight that tells me I could have worked both harder and smarter, but I utilized my equipment as good as anyone else on average. I built relationships that still exist today. Unfortunately, the major difference between now and five years ago is that I no longer own a truck. I lost it. I sold it for scrap because I wasn't diligent with saving and I hadn't worked hard enough to have my extra money left over to save. And when the second catastrophic failure happened, I was done. 2015 was my best year at Landstar. From a net profit perspective, uh, my my net was $77,000 on 85,000 miles. I had a dedicated customer. I was home a lot. 2016 was rough. I struggled. A lot of the struggle was emotionally and mentally. The end came in April 2017, just a week after I signed my new three-year contract. 2019 is almost over. I came back in April 2018 as a company driver working for a BCO. So here's the crazy part. I'm on track to make $109,000 this year as a company driver. I'm going to beat my best as a BCO by $30,000. 30000 As of today, October 18, 2019, I have earned $155,035 before theft, I mean taxes, since I started working for Blue Learman. I have been paid on a W-2 and have been reimbursed for per diem. Here's the moral of the story. If you're a BCO, you're working full-time at least five days a week and aren't making at least as much as I am, you need to reexamine your model. I'm the highest paid driver of the four we have, but I work the most and I have the most lucrative customer, a relationship I built in 2014 and rekindled when I came back in 2018. I'm getting 25% of the line haul and you can see what I've earned. Let's be clear, I've earned every penny of it. I now believe that I could have made $100,000 plus every year that I had my truck. I'm certain that I probably could have gotten close to 200000 net profit in 2018 if I still had my truck. When I came back, my plan was to work here long enough to clean up my mess and get back to being a BCO. My personal plans have changed as I'm now merging my vision with that of Blue Ribbon. Larry and I have started podcasting, and so our plans are a lot bigger than just having trucks at Landstar. I am living, breathing proof that the person behind the wheel is the one that determines success or failure. The opportunity didn't change. Landstar didn't change. I changed. I made myself better and more valuable. Regardless of the state of the market, supply and demand, the opportunity remains. 2014 was not an amazing year. 15 was a pretty good year. 16 was a little rough. 17 started getting great. 18 was off the charts. And now we're back in a 2014 to 2016 kind of of rate environment with too many trucks. What concerns me is the number of people who are looking around them and they don't like their circumstances and they're trying to find someone else to either assign the blame or to come up with a solution now in the Landstar system the agents are the ones that take the brunt of that and when I see someone they are post on Facebook or you here in conversation well the agents need to do what I'm not exactly sure what it is they need the agents to do but Uh, the agent should do this and the agent should do that and the rates are too low and they're putting this garbage on our board. To me, that's a sign of a fundamental breakdown in a basic understanding of how economics works and how a market works. You know, if I could go back to 2014 knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have gone through what I went through. Now, fortunately, I never kind of had that bad attitude of you know, blaming the agents for my problems or brokers, you know, if you're out in the general market, not at Landstar. I never had that outlook. But I do know that there were a lot of missed opportunities that I had. And probably a lot of that was because I didn't understand that I needed to work harder. When I had debt, and I had uh, I had bigger expenses, I should have been working more instead of trying to behave like someone who's semi-retired that's got all their stuff paid for. I needed to change me. I needed a different outlook and a way to look at my business, or how much revenue I should have been generating for the circumstances that I was in as an individual. I'll get to this next Facebook post in a minute after we discuss this, but we have got to stop being so tunnel vision and and just blind to rate per mile and start looking at the total amount of revenue that our business – because, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example from another business. I mean, if you're selling hamburgers, if truck drivers were selling hamburgers or pizzas, it seems like they would be obsessed on how much each hamburger – how much they were making from each one instead of how many they could sell. Is that that a fair? Well, any business, you're more cost
1: conscious than most owner-operators that we run across. And I can't explain why. Uh, Well, I can't explain why. Truck drivers become owner-operators, and with that package comes the fact that now you're a business owner. And that's not something they signed on to do. They want you know uh, becoming an operator is is kind of like grade thirteen. You know, you 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 think you've gone through the twelve grades as a company driver and you're ready for the next thing. And grade thirteen happens to be well, I'm going to get my own truck and I'm usually going to get it through a lease purchase. And now all of a sudden, all these decisions that my dispatcher made for me that I hated him for, those are decisions that I need to be making now. But I'm I don't have the ass to do it. So, and, and I hated him for doing it. So I'm not going to be like him. I'm just going to go wait for the best, you know, best rate per mile. I'm going to sit here and wait till the, you know, to the, you know, I'm not, I'm not moving this truck if I don't get $3.48 a mile. And I don't have any idea what it takes to move this truck, you know. So that's exactly what you're saying. But see, every other business, they don't go into it from grade 30. You don't work at McDonald's, okay? For twelve years, and then on the thirteenth year, you go buy a McDonald's. It just doesn't work that way. so um, that that and and here you can you can literally walk into an office, probably for the company that you drive for and sign a thirty or forty page contract to a new that they didn't read one word of it, okay? Sign here. You hold the pen we'll move the paper, okay? Now they own a truck, well, they're renting a truck. You know, they might own it one day. And now they're leasing that truck back to a company and they're hauling freight for that company. And they have no clue what it costs to operate that truck. Zero. So you're right. You know, now if you open a restaurant and you take $30,000, 50000 who knows, 150000 out of your pocket. I promise you when you go buying meat from the meat man, you're not going to just... Say well, just charge you what you want. I'll you know, I'll, can I lease that meat from you? You know, <laughs> they're not going to do it that way. You know, you know that's the whole problem here is that we don't run this truck as a business. You know, it's just the next move. It's a move, and I've said this before. It's a move that's made easy for driver. Ret- it's, it's there's one reason why it's lease purchase. Well, there's two. The main the, the main reason, in my opinion, is it helps with driver retention. Because drivers leave because they want to have freedom. They want to have control. So if, if I give you a truck here and let you be your own boss, you'll stay, right? Okay. So that's the first problem. The second, the second deal is now it's a perfect deal for a trucking company because guess what? You just took over all the yeah. risk and all the cost of maintaining that piece of equipment that they still control. Okay. You can't go change the tires on that to wide-pace singles. You can't put an OPS on it. It's not your truck. But when it breaks down, it's your ass gonna pay for it, okay? So it is a perfect deal for them. Yeah, it is a horrible deal for you. You know. Now I know I'm getting off track here, but that's the the that's the the fundamental problem with this industry is that there's no businessmen in this industry.
0: Okay, you've mentioned before that you didn't get into this business because you like trucks. You know, so you don't you don't have the same reaction to a long nosed Peterbilt that I do. You know, I've I've still still got that little boy inside me that Zeros. I zero but Well, I'm working on that. You drug me into the twenty first
1: century technology wise. I'm dragging your ass into the twenty first century here's the about thing. that long nosed Peterbilt,
0: okay? I've driven when even when I was a company driver, I could be motivated just by new car smell. You know. Even if it was just a company truck and I got a new company truck, it was, I remember, uh, I think I was working for Schneider and I got on their Dollar General account and they handed me the keys to a brand new, this must have been 98, a brand new 98 Century. I took the plastic off the seats. Nobody had driven that truck before me. Well, one surefired, guaranteed way, if you're rolling up and down the road as a company driver, to get a brand new truck is to go sign that piece of paper and it will smell good and it will look good and you will have that brand new truck and it's like it's it's almost that um that consumer disease you know the same reason people are driving seventy thousand dollar pickup trucks and paying a thousand dollars a month for them is kind of the same principle behind leasing these trucks they they're not like you said, they're not doing it because they want to be in business. They just want the new truck. And then they have that idea of, well, hey, if I'm leasing the truck. You can't tell me what to do. And so it's this this bogus freedom, this, this, um, this illusion that I'm free. Uh, I'm leasing the truck. You can't tell me what to do. And I get to drive a brand new truck and then they find out then they start realizing what the costs are and all of a sudden they're getting $50 paychecks because the truck and the fuel eats all their money and they have no cash flow and they have absolutely no clue what's happening to them and the default American response is well it's not my fault you know, well, this is somebody else's fault. It's the dispatcher's fault. It's the truck maker's fault. It's the carrier's fault. It's somebody. it's No, but it's, but it's not my fault. I'm just... I'm just a driver that deserves to make X amount of dollars a year because I'm a truck driver and I've got a CDL, so shut up and pay me. But...
1: All right. Well, hang on <laughs> a second, okay?
0: I, got, I can't let all that go, okay? Because...
1: <clears throat> that- that now dovetails right back into the thing you asked me first to begin with, about the blaming the brokers or the agents or whatever. So here, here's the rest of that story. Here, here's the middle of that story. The rest of it we'll probably get to. Here's the middle of that story. So the guy does that. He's got this smelly new seat now, okay? He tore the plastic off the door panels. It's his truck, all right? Now, all right, now he finds out, okay, that, wait a minute, you know, Before I was making 50 cents a mile. Now, with all the unexpected expenses that I've got now, I'm making Mm -hmm. 19 cents a mile. Okay. But I've got this new truck. Mm -hmm. But his attitude changes now. Okay. Because here's what happens now. By God, I've got a truck. I'm an owner operator. Why are these damn brokers and agents sending me this freight that's a dollar a mile? See, now it's not his fault anymore. I'm transferring my stupid decision because I had to have a truck that smelled good that I can't afford. Just like the pickup truck that I can't afford that's at home. Because when you're broke, you can't afford a $70,000 pickup truck. You certainly can't afford a $150,000 semi. Okay, broke people don't buy shit like that. Okay, so now instead of admitting that he made a mistake, okay, and understanding the problem here. Now, all of a sudden, it's everybody else's fault. I'm a truck driver. I deserve to make $100,000 a year. No, you don't. You don't deserve anything. You're a moron that made a bad decision that deserves to go back and be a company driver. And will, mm-hmm. and you'd be lucky to get back at 50 cents a mile. Because if that were me and he came back to me and I knew that, you'd start about 30 cents a mile because I know that your tail's between your legs. You know? So, there, there is that right there. Right there is a problem. So you look on Facebook and you find 9,000 posts a day about why are brokers ripping off the truckers? Why are truckers not getting respect? Why are drivers not getting $100,000 a year? You know, where did it ever say that that was going to be, uh, that, that was that when you signed the lease and the, on all the stuff you didn't read, where does it say that we're going to guarantee you freight at $3.48 a mile? You're going to make $100,000 a year. It, that's not in there anywhere. Nowhere. And here's the bad part about this. Everybody thinks that this is it's rough right now. Okay? I got really, really bad news for you. Okay? This is just normal. No. It, rough hadn't started yet. It, it, the rates are down. Our economy is on fire. Okay? It is on fire. We don't have an economic problem right now. We have a rate problem. The rate problem is because business was so good last year, everybody and their brother bought a truck. The truck orders for last year have not still been built. We still have more trucks coming than we have right now, okay? 640 companies have gone out of business this year, 300 last year, okay? So that's not going to get better. That's only going to get worse. And oh, by the way, if we elect a Democratic Socialist in a year and a half, now you'll see what happens to the economy. You think it's bad now. Wait till the, I mean, the economy is going to change. There's no question. We're in the longest run-up that we've ever been in in history. It's only a matter of time before the economy is going to go through that cycle. We haven't even started that cycle yet. That hasn't even begun. Imagine what what the outcry is going to be about how truckers are treated when the economy goes to hell and you're out here trying to do this. So I, you know, I, I know I kind of got off track there, but but that that's what that's what causes the problem between the driver and the broker is because the driver now che- uh, blames the broker for his bad decision because the broker's giving him shitty freight or yeah. the broker's taking more money than he ge- he supposedly yeah that's keeps one more of on the low, when, is, when the is, rates is, is were high.
0: <laughs> I mean, why why am I why am I thinking about putting logic into this? But I mean, if 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 what they believed about brokers and agents <laughs> was true, then last year when the rates were three and four and five dollars a mile, well, the brokers should have been just they should have just been chucking money in 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 a, like Scrooge McDuck when I was a kid swimming around in big pots of gold. But you know, they're getting the same right. Seven to 10, 15%, whatever, you know, whatever it was. Uh, and I looked that up one time. I, I just, I just Googled, you know, what's the brokerage percentage? And that had a, of course, that had a big long article about it and, and, and what the average was and how much per load the average broker made. And of course, it was nothing like, uh, these e- economic ignoramuses. And, and of course, you know, broken record, I blame, I blame the government schools because economics has not been taught in government schools for 30 years you know i've been out of school 25 years and we never talked about economics and it was dead long before i got there uh and so we have an instant gratification society uh we have people that are completely economically clueless they 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 have their team, Team Red and Team Blue. And if Team Red's in, everything's great. If Team Blue's in, in everything's bad, or vice versa. If Team Blue's in, everything's great, and Team Red's in, everything's bad. And and I see it in my that this. I'm gonna go there. It was so fascinating in 2016 to watch my Facebook feed. Okay, because I have a very diverse. Man, I've got them all. I've got gays and lesbians and Christians and atheists and liberals and conservatives and anarchists. They're all there, right? And I watched the White House switch hands, and I watched everybody switch sides. The people that were mad about the policies of the federal government from 2009 to 2015 are all of a sudden perfectly okay with everything. The same stuff and everybody that was happy from 2009 to... Well, now they're all mad about it. But yet, the, po- the, the economic policy didn't change. The foreign policy didn't change. The domestic policy didn't change. Nothing changed except the, the letter beside the guy that happens to be in the office. That's what really gets, bothers me to my core is nobody wants to talk about the principles. Nobody wants to talk about supply and demand or the effect that just the scare of tariffs. You know, we didn't even have tariffs yet; we just had the idea of tariffs coming, and the freight market took off because everybody was trying to ship ahead of it. Then you have the uh, the ELD mandate made everything go crazy, and the whole the whole market just is just. just just this inferno because of these policies implemented three administrations ago. And I'm just... I'm so... I'm so personally tired of this distraction. And that's all it is. It's, It's a distraction to keep us yelling and screaming at each other because I think the people, the establishment, the people in power know that if we ever start uh, studying the policies and studying the principles they're screwed but as long as they can keep us divided and keep us screaming at one another and blaming each other for our problems instead of turning together and looking at who the real problem is because it's not the brokers and it's not the carriers and it's not the truck owners and it's not the company drivers we're not the problem we're the ones out here working together in concert Turning chaos into order completely voluntarily, and yet we have these these morons in suits that stick their nose into places where it doesn't belong and screw everything up, and then they say, "Well, aren't you glad we were able to help?" Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but
1: again, these same guys that made the bad right. decision about buying the truck. Leasing the truck, that are now blaming the brokers for for failing, they're asking that mm-hmm. government that you're talking about come save us. Well, regulate, regulate everybody the else and regulate me.
0: I don't want to be regulated. They, they want everybody else regulated, but, but themselves. You know.
1: Well, but they want they but they would love to have fares regulated or uh, uh rates regulated. You know, they would love to have a minimum rate per mile they would love to have a minimum i mean again it it they're desperate for somebody to come save their ass instead of them understanding right. that it's no one's fault but theirs to be in the position they're in it, it if you can't i mean you know look I can't I don't talk about politics and religion very often because it's very polarizing and and I've never yet convinced anybody to change stripes okay if you're red now you're gonna be red after I get done with you if you're blue now you're gonna be blue and I get done I just stay gray okay I don't I don't care what you are I don't it doesn't affect me you know it, I don't care but the problem with it is is that people are very seldom change corners once they get in a corner they stay in that corner and it's funny because you can watch Something in current events, and you can look at it from a neutral position, which I try to do, pride myself on doing. And you can watch both corners watch the same thing and have completely right. opposite uh, interpretations of what they just saw or read or did. And and, and it's the and I'm looking at and going, wait a minute, how how do you get that out of what I just saw, or how do you get that, out of, you know, the other corner? But but the because locality. they have this group identity. Regardless of what happens, they're going to stick with the you know, with their corner. They're gonna stay in their corner. And and, right. and I, you know, you're not gonna change that. So that's why I don't even get involved in it. You know. I'm more concerned with look, forget all that. You take care of you, you know, and that's what we teach. You know, we 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 are prosperous and effective and are doing and, and we can do what we do by navigating this system and understanding how to make it work. And we don't need any help to do it. Just get the hell out of our way. And let us know what the rules are and let us go to work. And we, and we can make this thing happen. But you have to come here and you have to understand that you are the person that's held accountable. You can't make stupid decisions and succeed in this industry, you know. And if you've made uh, stupid decisions in the past, I, either you have to undo that or admit it, or I, we can't help you, you know. You had a comment somebody made the other day about, well, Larry's system only works for Larry, you know. And I got thinking about that. And I thought, well, that's just untrue. Mm-hmm. Our system can work for anybody. But then I got thinking about that again today. And I thought, you know what? It's right. My system doesn't work for everybody. Because if you're a moron, okay, that is going to go out and pay $150,000 for a truck, and you don't know your fuel mileage, and you don't know your numbers, and you're too freaking lazy, to keep your receipts and figure out what your cost per mile is. Guess what? You're right. My system won't work for you. Right? You know no, that's a great. There point. Any system gonna work for you? Okay. So that person was right. That person was right. Now I, my system will not work for you if if you're not willing to take personal accountability and look at yourself and go, you know, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I can learn something from this old f***er. You know, and, and 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 sit down and be and you know, and we we're never. You know, we never talk like this to, to, to our, to, you know, except to each other. But the bottom line is, if if you're, you know, if, if you're not willing to accept the fact, we had a perfect example of that last week. You know, we had a guy that just, you know, he called us, called us, called us, wanted a job. You know, you finally agreed to meet him, you drove 40 miles out of your way, the guy doesn't show up, you know. Three hours later, he's on the phone, won't know where you are. And, you know, all of a sudden, it, and he goes home, he gets it he looks at something, I guess his his appointment book or whatever. He realized he made the mistake. And guess what? He called you. He texted me. He emailed. He goes, I was wrong. <laughs> no. I'm like, my God, that doesn't happen very often here. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll give this guy a second shot. But that's what I'm talking about. That means it And it. all this other stuff doesn't matter. You are responsible for you. and That's all that matters. You have to do what's best for you, for your business, for your family. You know, all this other stuff, no. blaming a broker about a low, what does that get you? What, honestly, what does that do except just make you sideways all day? You know, pick up. You know how I mean, you know many how many agents are at lansar Fourteen hundred. Okay, there's yeah. thirty thousand loads on the low board. But I'd find another load. You know, why are we crying about the fact that you that you know that was an empty trailer? <laughs> Jeez, I mean, you're gonna sit there for three days and, and cry about that? Are you gonna get off off your ass and do something about? Let's go make some money. You know, I just don't. I don't understand. I, I completely don't understand it. And I said, I told you, I said, bless your heart because you have the ability, the desire, the patience uh, to 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 deal with this and, and talk to these people on a one-on-one basis. And I just have to go, you know what, if you're that freaking stupid, I, don't, I can't help you anymore. Well, I, I have, you know, I,
0: I caught myself one day, uh, I almost, because I have a friend of mine who's a chiropractor, and he said, um, don't ever argue with idiots. They will drag you down to your level their level and beat you with experience and i caught myself the other day i almost started to argue with an idiot and i caught myself and i'm like i'm arguing with an idiot and just walked off just i didn't say anything i just walked away and i'm like hey i just saved myself all that time i here i've got an example i think that goes along with this this is a this is a real post that i saw pop up in a private group now i'm gonna try to read this but there's no punctuation so, bear with me. I'd like all BCOs, so this is Landstar, I'd like all BCOs to take a look at rates. You pick up a load, pays $1.80 a mile. You have to go 2,000 miles. Pays you 131 a mile total. So, I'm assuming that this means, he's talking about after the Landstar percentage. So, it pays you $2,628 subtract fuel 828 so i'm i'm assuming and i did the math there that's 41 cents a mile what's our fuel what's our fuel cost right now high 20s okay Mm, high 20s 30 yeah
1: okay
0: so that was 41 uh, based on 41 cents a mile leaving you close to 1800 okay so We've got a dollar eighty mile, two thousand miles. By the time the land star percentage comes out, it's down to twenty six hundred twenty eight dollars, and you pay your fuel, leaves you close to eighteen hundred. Then wear and tear on your equipment, taxes. You might as well go flip burgers at fifteen dollars an hour. Get health insurance and in retirement. I'm assuming he's saying you might as well go flip burgers at fifteen dollars an hour, where you get health insurance and in retirement. I wasn't aware. I mean, I wasn't aware you could flip burgers for fifteen dollars an hour and get health insurance and retirement. But okay,
1: yeah, okay. Well, so in Oregon, we're, health, wherever they had the minimum wage. But
0: most of the there. agents, and I did say most, not all, think dollar thirty-one a mile is good. I'm sorry, but that is nineteen eighties rates. It's time to stand up, and all owner operators to make the industry change agents should want this to happen because they will also get a raise. It's a win-win deal for all, not just some. Why should big business get all the money? I told him to go pick up a book on economics and probably maybe a book that would teach him the attitude of a servant. And he said, I'm nobody's servant. And I said, oh, I can tell. And I'm sure your bank account reflects that. Okay, so f- so first of all, yeah. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I, I was born in 1976. I don't give a shit what the rates were in 1980, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. I don't care. I could not possibly care any less what rates were 30 years ago. It has no bearing on my ability to pull a load and go up and down the road and serve a customer it has the the rates in 1960 or 70 or 80 or 90 have nothing to do with what i'm doing today now i have the superpower common sense and i can go do a, a kind of an apples to apples analysis of what the market was like in the 1980s compared to what it's like right now and adjust for inflation and it's a completely different ballgame you can't compare the two It's two completely different world economies between the 1980s and now so first of all please can we please stop with the rates were better in the 80s most of y'all weren't even on the road in the 80s I was five years old so first of all I've, I've had enough I'm completely I'm finished with this with this crap about the, the 80s. Uh, my, here's my, my big thing. It's time to stand up why people have this belief that if I just get together and create a big enough and violent enough gang, and we all get together with our, I guess our torches and our pitchforks. That somehow our collective situation's going to improve if we can just bully enough people, if we can just threaten enough people, if we can intimidate people with threats of violence. Well, hey, everything will be fine. Uh, the rates will come up, and dogs and cats will live together, and and the sun will always shine, and it'll never rain, and and uh, and and you know. This, this, this ludicrous idea that you're going to join some gang somewhere and all of a sudden everything's going to be better. And then uh, why should big business get all the money? If you're talking about large carriers in this industry, they're 15% of the market. So I couldn't again, I couldn't care less what kind of rates Schneider, J B Hunt, US Express, Covenant. I they can't do what I do. I can't do what they do. Why do I care what kind of contracts they're they're making?
1: Publicly held big companies you talking about? They were on a two percent margin. Now, it's big money because collectively it's a lot of money because they have 20,000 trucks. Okay? i got to go back to something here. Again, because I made a stupid decision and bought a truck I can't afford and got into a business I know nothing about, now I'm going to go get 30 more like me? And we're going to drive up to Washington, D.C. and make an ass of ourselves up there by the Washington Monument? And that's supposed to make everybody feel sorry yeah. for us? Really? Really? First of all, please pass the word that that's not how most of us feel. You know, that's a, that's a very limited number of desperate people who have been in the business since the 80s. And they're completely out of touch. With what works today? Um, you know, they want nothing more than to shut down the country and make everybody come on their hands and knees begging us to haul their freight again. Ask the airline um, air traffic controllers how that worked in the 80s. Those guys are old mm-hmm. enough to remember that. Okay? F- find out how that worked. Okay? Because when it comes to things that are essential services, Believe me, there'll be another way figured out that will exclude you and all of mm-hmm. your thugs, you know. I promise you, okay? We got a really, really, really effective military, and they got a lot of trucks, okay? It, it would take 30 hours to fix that problem, you know. And that's just not going to work, you know. I don't know why they think, again, again, why, why is it that, other people have to come and rescue you from a, from a, a mistake that you made. you know I, I don't get it. we had a, we, there, we had a restaurant in our town that wasn't doing very well and this was pretty bold. The guy put a full page ad in the newspaper and said, look if you guys don't start supporting this restaurant, we're going to go out of business. <laughs> Guess what? went out of business. Now, that's what these guys are doing. They're saying, hey, if you guys don't help us out here, we're going out of business. Well, look, I can't help. I mean, if your restaurant sucks so bad that you have to advertise that you're going to have to leave. That's like people getting on Facebook. So, by the way, guys, I'm leaving this group. I'm announcing my departure. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Really? What do you want me to do? You know, please don't leave. We just love your stupid comments, okay? So this restaurant goes out of business. You know, no, nobody went to it to begin with, and the guy gets on gets on this ad and goes, well, if you guys don't communicate and support us, we're going to have to go out of business. I guess whatever made you not have business to begin with yeah. kept happening. You're gone. Sorry. The, that's, what, that's exactly what these guys are doing. They're advertising on Facebook. If you don't do something, if brokers don't quit stealing the money from us, you know, if we can't get a good rate, you know, we're going to have to go out of business. Guess what? First of all, we need you to go out of business. Okay? That's, that's, that's the, that, that is the survival of the fittest. That's what competition's all about. You know? When you pull on that, when, 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 when you, when you bought the truck and you went into business, guess what? All those people on Facebook that you think are your friends, those are your competition. Okay? And if you can't make, if, if, if a dollar 31 a mile, whatever that guy was talking about, if that's what, if that's all we get, if that's the, only, first of all, there's 30,000 loads on the board. How many load, loads on the board pay more than oh, that? A lot of them. You know? Probably half of them. Okay. So you didn't have to take that load to begin with, but let's just say that that's all that it is. If that's the truth, I will find a way to take that load and make a profit out of it. Okay. And I'll do it by lowering my cost. All right. He never presented that as an option, lowering his cost. He gave us his fuel cost, which is way too high, you know, and everything. He, no, there was no mention there about let me adjust my way of doing business to make this model work. It's here's what I have to have. What if a restaurant opened up and said, look, here's our food. Here's what it costs. Here's our insurance cost. Here's what it costs for our help. Here's what it costs for this. We're going to have to have $98 for steak or we can't stay in business, okay? Now, everybody would laugh mm-hmm. their ass off at that, okay? Now, I'm not saying they're not restaurants that get 98 bucks a steak. We got one right here in Lexington, Kentucky, okay? But when you go in there, you know that, and by the way, it's yeah. worth every penny of it, okay, if that, if you can afford that. But they didn't open up saying that, okay? So, my point is, is that, you can't come into business and tell people what you're have to what 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 they have to pay you for you to stay in business you know the way that works is that if you can't stay in business at the at 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 the 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 cost that you have you're either going to have to lower your costs or you're going to have to find a way to up your up your revenue well you know if this guy if all he can get is loads that pay a buck 31 a mile um I, you know, I don't know what he's going to do about that. Get his own authority, get his own direct customer. I don't know. You don't haul for a dollar thirty-one a mile. I don't haul for a dollar mm-hmm. thirty-one a mile. You know why is he okay? But again, it's he doesn't want to address the problem. The problem is him. He wants to deflect it. The brokers are sending him this rate, this freight that's a yeah. buck thirty-one a mile. Okay, why are they putting it on the board? Why? Because that's what the customer that they have says they want to pay. That's why the broker didn't decide to do that. You know, the guy, the agent of the broker gets paid 15% 15 of that load. He'd much rather it be Mm -hmm. $2.88 a mile because he'd make more too. But what's he going to do? Not post it because it doesn't fit some artificial, you know, uh, standard that everybody on Facebook says they need to have? The $3 a mile, they're not going to haul it? What do we do? We well, just Tell everybody the, the, too, the we're disconnect not friend, too. You know? The
0: the selfishness is is something that I really struggle with. The people that are building houses and apartments that buy the windows that are manufactured by the customer that loads my trailer and that I deliver them. The people that are ordering the windows from their house couldn't possibly care less what my cost of operation is doesn't cross their mind at all. They, and and, I mean, let's just face it. All they know is that they're going to, well, they're building a house, and the contractor is one day going to show up with Windows. They don't know where they came from. They don't know how they got there, and they don't care. They couldn't care less where it came from and how it got there now, my customer um loves you know the the fact that i uh without fail deliver his product every week without damage and get it there on time and and and- and so his direct customers, which are the contractors uh are not the contractors but the um uh, but the uh uh Wow, shouldn't be having to think this hard. You know, ABC Supply. Um, Yeah, the supply house. The vend- vendor, there you go. Supply. Wow. Took way too long for me vendor. to get the vendor. vendor. But the vendor likes me because they have that reliability and consistency. And so they know that when someone comes in and says they've got three or four windows to choose from, well, they can say, well, hey, pick this one. Because we know it's going to get there. We know the quality is going to be there. And I'm part of that. And I can take some ownership in that and say, I help sell those windows because of the level of service that I give. And the disconnect between your selfish, narcissistic little fit, like a toddler. I mean, I have a four-year-old living in my house. He'll be five tomorrow. And you know, I kind of expect him to throw fits like a five-year-old does. And I sit down and I talk to him straight up, and I say, "Well, you know, here this is how we feel, and this is what we do, and we do we act this way, and we don't act that way." And but I, I there's so many times I feel like I should be setting some of these truck drivers down in front of me, and and pat them on the knee and say, "Okay, honey, this is." this is this isn't how we should act you know we they, they act like like toddlers and um some idiots knocking on my door she wasn't very happy that I tried to wave her off it's the reserved parking people <laughs> heard, i'm at a ta oh, I heard her say did right. you just wave me off? Yes, I did. Well, I I don't know. I saw two women walking by. I thought, well, it's hookers. I don't want your business right now.
1: We we have to... You're talking about your five-year-old. We have to realize where the money
0: comes from. And the money comes from the consumer. They're the ones that matter. And if these people would think for a second, when they're shopping on Amazon, they're looking for the lowest price... With, when when they're going to Walmart, they're looking for the lowest price. If they're using a coupon at the grocery store, they're looking for the lowest price. But yet, instead of having an attitude of service and understanding their role in the their tiny role in a giant giant market, they. The, the, all that goes out the window because the, the 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 golden rule is out the window do as the, do unto others as you've had them do unto you uh, they don't you know and it's just selfishness and it grates on me because they don't care about anyone else but themselves uh, and once they're in that mode they'll just run over anybody and everybody at, at any time and
1: Let me give you an example of what you're talking about. There's a guy on the radio that has
0: a, a a
1: health program on Wednesday, and it's free. It's just on it's on Sirius XM Radio. It's free, and 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 it's um they support the all the education and everything with the sale of, of of vitamins and supplements and things like that through their online store. And so nobody ever complains about the product. I mean, everybody that orders it loves the product. But some of them are starting to find it cheaper at different places, Amazon and things like that. and so so they'll get on there and they'll complain about the cost of the shipping you know um, and um, I just that I, the the, the our irony of that just I just couldn't resist it and and I'm like, wait a minute, these guys these are the same guys that if a broker, tried to get, they were, they were on, they were on Facebook basically trying to get this company to, to lower their shipping costs because Mm -hmm. in their opinion, the shipping cost was too much. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, these are guys who, if a broker tried to talk Mm -hmm. them down a nickel, they'd raise holy hell, but put the shoe on the other foot. And because they've got to pay 30, $40 to get a bunch of stuff shipped from the West coast. And they think it's too expensive. They want that company to lower the price. I'm like, where, does anybody else see the irony in this? You know, they 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 want to only, you know, get paid top dollar for freight they haul, but they want to pay a discount mm-hmm. for products that they want to buy that have to be shipped to them. You, yeah. You, I mean, you it's, it's, it's it hypocrisy.
0: I mean, you know, you know. Uh, like yeah, regardless exactly. of exactly. what Amazon does, for example, uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom you know, about say all these trucks and trailers that Amazon's doing and oh Amazon's gonna do this, that and the other and it's gonna affect the freight market. Okay. Well I'm I'm not gonna say a word about it because I'm I'm an Amazon customer. If if I'm looking for a product, the first place I'm going is Amazon. The first place. And then if then I might check Walmart To see if I need it today, if I've got to have it today, I'll check Amazon first, I'll check Walmart. If it's close enough, I'll go straight pick it up at Walmart. If not, I'll wait a couple days and have it magically appear, you know, by by the ferry, the lawn ferry that comes and drops it on my front porch. And I understand all those people along that line have to be paid because they deserve to be paid as much as anybody else Uh, in the in the line does and i guarantee you there are people right now that are that are crying out against amazon but you can bet your sweet ass come christmas time there's going to be amazon packages piled up on their front porch because make sure little johnny gets the latest gadget and uh you know thing for for christmas and it's just it's a level of hypocrisy and selfishness that just drives me insane and i think it was it was zig ziglar that said um you can have anything you want if you'll help enough other people get what they want and i'm telling you there's nothing that's been more true if you'll just stop being so selfish and so self-centered, and go find some people that need something done, and go do it for them, they will shower you with money. And if you get a few people together doing things, that that power of collective will make you wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. But you don't have to threaten anybody. You don't have to intimidate anybody. You, You don't have to get involved in gangs you can just go find people that need stuff done and go do it for them and they'll be glad to pay you it's it's like magic and that's that's what we're losing that's what we're missing right now we're missing an attitude of service and uh that's got to be fixed and it's fixed on the individual level it can't be fixed by by rote or law
1: you can't buy a truck go into business and say well i deserve to be paid a hundred thousand dollars a year i deserve respect i deserve i deserve i deserve i deserve you may think you do and you may earn that but it's not going to be given to you 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 can go out there and you can prove yourself well let me just read this thing i just found this thing again uh Landstar Vice President and Chief Safety Officer. He Landstar's doing some advertising on Facebook, and this is one of the things they spotlight different people. And here's his quote. The keys to navigating the current environment are tied to selling value, understanding the competitive landscape, and working relationships between agents and BCOs, drivers. I mean, you, you can't say it any more, you know, any more effectively and and with fewer words. I mean, and and this is not just in trucking, but this is in business in general. The keys to navigating the current Mm -hmm. environment are tied to selling value, which is what you're talking about. Understanding the competitive landscape, which is what we're trying to explain to people right now, you know, you know, uh, and working relationships between agents and BCOs, you know, and, that that if there's a secret to success at Landstar, that's it right there. But how many where does it say in there anywhere that drivers deserve three dollars and forty eight cents a mile? Drivers deserve to be paid a hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh, by the way, there are drivers at Landstar making two hundred thousand dollars a year. There's no guarantee of that anywhere. But I wonder if they maybe know the keys to navigating the current environment, and are doing it through personal accountability, not. Government guarantees or third party or the, the gang mentality, let's get torches and pitchforks yeah. and raid Washington, D.C. You know, I wonder how that worked. You know, so I the moral to my story is that, look, it, it's you. OK, it is it, you can do, you know, it, everybody always asks why Landstar, you know, why Landstar? And even Landstar asked me that the other day. They, they were surveying people and why did you bring your truck to Landstar? And I said, Well, I brought my fleet to Landstar for one reason one reason only. Because Landstar is the perfect example of the free market, you know. And that's all I wanted. I wanted a place to go where there are no restrictions, where everybody plays by the same rules, and I can start out and have the same opportunity the guys that guys have been here fifty years have done, you know. And this word freedom that we throw around so much here at Landstar, I understand that come with that freedom comes responsibility, you know. And that if you're not going to make it here, that's going to be the problem, you know, not the opportunity. Okay. The accountability part. And that's kind of been the subject of everything we talked about tonight, really, is personal personal accountability. Um and, you know, that's exactly what we're doing here with Blue Ribbon is we're teaching guys who want to learn how to function in this industry, in this environment. But they have to bring personal accountability to the table. You know, that's one of the requirements. Because Landstar's
0: not changing for you. And it's not
1: happening. No. Not at all. Uh, I've got another little post on our on our Facebook page. You know, it's, I've, I've got some Zig Ziglar posts on there. But one of them I like is the past cannot be changed. The future is yet in your power. You know, and, that, and that's, that's so applicable here. Because we have guys, well, just like yourself, that, you know, have had – you know horrible experiences in the past but that doesn't prevent them from having you know an unlimited future and um i you know i, I, I truly believe that i think that um you know we we can I, you know i am not worried about the economy i'm not worried about the industry we we know how to function we know how to work we know how to how to um um take a model and make it work in this environment if we have to modify it in another environment that's easily done and uh, maybe next time let's talk yeah. about that white truck that we were going to what talk a story about and talk about how that uh, an example of modifying the, you know yeah. a situation
0: we we've we've hinted at it a few times so it's probably about time to tell that story um, tease it one more time
1: Well, yeah i think we need to probably probably do it but uh well i'm uh just bringing you up to speed uh i am off the road now it looks like we finally got drivers in all the trucks and we've got uh i'm back to being a fleet owner and uh and a business owner and um uh, uh you know uh so you know i don't have any excuses now um i got plenty of time and uh, and um uh, but at the same time we're still looking at growing the fleet um Probably another four, five, six trucks in the next few months, and uh, we still have an opportunity for a few more drivers. We've got a couple lined up, but we would be happy to talk to you if you're interested and if you have the qualifications that we're looking for and the desire and that personal accountability we're talking about, and um, we'd love to talk to you.
0: Um, you know, it's funny. About I, I talk to my, you know, my best friend, Zeke, about. about every day. Hey, oh, yeah. By the and, way, you um, me today. Yeah, he's looking forward to us growing uh, Blue Ribbon so he can come and work here. And, um but he'll say about, I'll, I'll hear it about once a month. Man, I've been looking for drivers, but everybody I talk to is an idiot. <laughs> you know, and he doesn't, so, I mean, I, which I appreciate he's really trying to help find people, but as we've, we've learned, this podcast has done more to bring us good, Drivers, because it matches us up with people that already kind of have that mentality, and that helps so much. Um, then to try to modify someone that has a bad attitude or just doesn't have the understanding yet. And, and I'm hoping, I really hope that what this podcast can do is, is take a lot of people and just introduce them to these thoughts and principles that they've never heard before. And maybe they're not ready for this yet, but in a year or two, uh, they will be ready for this because they can start to understand. Because it, I, I meant, I told one of our drivers the other day, it's hard for me to remember what I didn't know, so I need their feedback because. It's been a long time since I pulled my first load with Landstar, or since I pulled my first load in a truck at all, or I did my first trip plan, or I went to a state for the first time, or drove on a road for the first time. And it's hard for me to remember that because I just take for I take my experience for granted, because I'm on kind of an autopilot all the time. I, I've had so much experience that a lot of things just happen and I react to them because. I've been there, done that before. And so um, I need people to prompt me and ask me questions. Okay, well, how would you handle this? Oh, okay, I can, you know. But it's hard for me to come up with that on my own. So that's where the, the questions, the emails and texts that we get help a lot. And, uh, you know, so definitely if you if you have questions, make sure you send us emails. Chris at logistics.com Larry at logistics.com Find us on Facebook at an american truck driver and at blue ribbon logistics uh call the uh, hotline 413-24-truck-248 i'm not even gonna try to do that from memory because i'm gonna screw it up so it's 423-24-truck because i was just about to try to make up some numbers and that probably would not be a good idea uh i have a piece of paper on my desk at home you know with the number written on it and now i'm out here in this truck and i don't have it in front of me uh but send us a text message send us an email uh let us know the questions that you have give us a rating and review on itunes that helps a lot and check out our blue our uh youtube channel i'm starting to take these videos from skype and put them up there just unedited so you can watch uh but that's all i got larry you got anything else
1: yeah if you, well if you weren't if you're crazy enough to listen to this for all the hours we've done it and we will find out you're crazy enough to watch it too i don't know we we i even yeah. know there's no help no hope for you i don't think so now now i agree i think that you know by the time people listen to I you believe know what is so, this? Yeah. episode 58 now Is that what we're working on 58 59 something like that so if you've been listening to, to this, you're pretty well indoctrinated into what we're looking for, and you realize that truck driving is just what we choose to do, and it's not—it's uh, a good business. There's a lot of opportunity, because we can compete very easily in the market, because really, uh, what we're looking for, I mean, truck driving has to be kind of like you drive, riding a bike. You, you learn how to do it when you were young. You took the train wheels off. You know how to do it. You know, we're now... Talking about things that are not trucking related that are going to make you successful. And these are business principles and just general, you know, self-help kinds of things. And uh, both financially and business and, 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 and personal development. And, you know, that's what we're focusing on. And you've got the driving record and, and everything. And you've, you know, you've got enough uh, you know, background in this business. That the truck driving can come second nature to you. Then you can concentrate on the things that we're trying to teach you to be successful. And that's what we're looking for. And if you've listened to a few podcasts, you know that by now. So when we say we're not looking for truck drivers. That's really what we mean. We're, we're saying that we're not a driving school. We want you to come here with that already in your skill set and, and having a, and having a good mastery of that. And then we'll have, we'll take that and, and then we'll provide you the business background for you to take that and be profitable with it. Yeah. Uh, more than you ever imagined, you know, and as we talked about in one of our uh, things, even, even, even be becoming wealthy, you know, uh, by taking advantage of our business model in this market, in this marketplace. So, uh, no, that's all I got, Chris. I think it was a good one tonight. Good, good to be back in the saddle when and doing this again, even though we're not doing it on Sunday. That's okay. It works for me. I know it's harder for you, but, uh, but, uh, we're, uh, we'll, we'll work on, uh, that the white truck story for this coming Monday. So all right thanks I'll everybody everybody be safe we'll talk
0: to you next time